you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. It is another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil and myself. Phil, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Mark? I'm hanging in there. We are about uh, 12 days out. Oh, I guess we're at the 12 days before Christmas at the time of this. So um, are you all set for Christmas? Yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the countdown it's is funny. on. Chris, Christmas shopping and all that, the whole dynamic has changed before. we. I can remember years ago when the kids were younger. I mean, Black Friday was a huge deal. Oh, yeah. We used to get up early and it was nuts, you know, but... Yeah, anymore with the online shopping and Amazon and all the other options you have, it's not as, as big of a deal anymore. So yeah. it's easier to, to kind of procrastinate and push that out. It, isn't it like, which is like, not a good thing. No, this is true, but like, I, I just don't, I don't have never seen a deal. And maybe this is because years ago I worked retail, but I have never seen a deal that made me want to go fight people in stores on black Friday. Just never seen one. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we were not that crazy with it. It was just it was always a fun thing for us to do. You know, oh yeah, but you and, see people you know, though. They, Black they, Friday day to get yeah. the deals, like especially in the toy stores back then. Toys R Us. I mean, right, right. The toy stores like that. So, but yeah, you see people like you know fighting over TVs and so on and oh, so yeah, forth. Oh yeah, camping you know? out the night before. Yeah, it's just and it's, it's like yeah, we we've never yeah that it's it's funny. I've never seen that in in the the or I've I've never done that. But yeah, the Black Friday deals just don't. They don't seem to be what they used to be. And yeah. I think part of that's mm-hmm. with the whole online shopping. I mean, now they offer those deals online. Yeah, yeah. You know, now they want to start them, you know, even earlier. So they're <laughs> starting before Thanksgiving right. or Thanksgiving at, you know, two o'clock or something. It's just, yeah. yeah. Well, like we said before, it's now like Halloween. It's Halloween, Thanksgiving, right and Christmas. Right in the middle of that whole mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, anyway, we hope that everybody gets their shopping done safely and has a fantastic uh, holiday. But for now, nothing says holiday fun. Like Social Security. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've just got a couple of myths, rumors, or misunderstandings for you, Phil. Just give us a quick shine a light, little light on it as to what's your thoughts on a couple of these quick things here. The first one that we hear often and all the time is Social Security is going broke. I am 48, and it just dawned on me that I am 14 years away from being able to turn on Social Security, which kind of hit me like a truck. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, but Retirements uh, happen sooner than you think it, sometimes. It, do, so. it, it does. And I think maybe for somebody my age at 48, I think changes you know, certainly could be coming. But Absolutely. What's yeah. your thoughts? Yeah. And I mean, we so we teach classes on Social Security up at Schoolcraft College. And this is one of the first things we touch on because it's the top of mind with most people is okay yeah it's all fine and dandy but isn't it going broke i you know i want to get my money quick because it might not be there and i mean the reality is you got to understand what social security is it was always designed as this we call a pay-as-you-go system the current workers have paid in for those that are collecting the benefit the piece that is going broke so to speak is that up until recent years we've had way more workers paying in than collecting so they built this trust fund this reserve and that's the portion that, that you hear that's quote unquote going broke. They're, right. they're spending that down at this stage. And there's all sorts of different dates out, you know, in the, in the, the future 10 or so years, 15 years that they're talking about if they change nothing, that trust fund will be exhausted. But worst case scenario and all the statistics I see is there's around 
75 to 80% of the benefit would still be able to be paid from current workers paying in. So, so I mean, that's the, again, it's all about understanding what is really going on. Don't get too uh, worried about what the news is. <laughs> right. You, know, you got to understand what the fact is. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because they love it. If it bleeds, it leads, right? So, oh, absolutely. That, that's the, you know, news to me anymore isn't news as much as it is. They're just trying to sell advertising. Yeah, so. it really is. Uh, ratings, ratings, ratings. And, yep. uh, you know, with a podcast, you know, we're just doing this, you know, uh, nice and simple. We, you know, we, we hope that it finds uh, some listeners who can benefit from it, but that's not really the end goal. The end goal is to, is to help those people who are looking for help and need some help. So, Right. Uh, and I mean, with the whole, it's going broke, like you mentioned, there's a lot of things they can do to yeah, fix it. It was it 20, One of which is, is for those younger workers, it's right. going to be a much different system. It has to be. What is it? 2035 or 34? I think that they actually was, I think they extended it like two years now. I think they said. Yeah, they've extended it a couple of years. Every year, the social security administration puts out a trustees report Yeah, and they, they rerun the numbers again and, and adjust it, you know, but in, I always remind people, yeah, that's great. But in those numbers, you got to understand what they're doing. They're also accounting for the fact that that college graduate that just got their first full-time job paying into Social Security can collect 100% of their benefit at 67. Right. There's a lot of That's full retirement yeah. age, which it, it when they started this back in 1935, Social Security in 1935, full retirement was 65. Yeah. So I mean, they've only moved the, the needle two years, two years, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I, yeah I, and life expectancy has gone up by just yeah. a little bit more than that. I, so. and, I, and I think it's so totally fixable, but you know how our government is. They'll, they'll fix it. If it's 2034, they'll fix it in 2033 in mm. nine months. <laughs> right. Yeah. I always, I call it, it's a political hot potato. No it one is. wants to touch it because yeah. whoever touches it is going to be blamed for everything that's wrong with it. Yeah. So, yeah. but at some point they will get it fixed. And to me, it seems super simple. Like if you're over the age of 50, you're grandfathered in, call it that period. You know, just say 50 and over, you're grandfathered in, you can still use the existing setup. Under 50, you can't even turn it on. No more 62. Like, make it just 67 or whatever, like, period, right, and right. be done with it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're easily fixed. There's a lot of things. Even uncapping Medi- or Social Security wages. I mean, that's they did that years ago with Medicare, trying to help Medicare prop it up. Right. Yeah, lots uncapping of things there, so, so. Uh, Social Security wages that go a long way to, to bringing in additional revenue. So okay. there's a lot of easy fixes. Yeah. It's just no one... It hasn't reached that, like you're saying, that that point of yeah. criticalness where they've got to look at it today. Or, <laughs> I was you know, I was just thinking critical mass. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. It's not at critical mass yet, although it feels like it for a lot of us. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, there so, you go. So there's a misunderstanding number one. Social Security is going broke. Sort of. Sort of not. You know, it's fudgy. It's a lot of fudginess in there. Let's do a couple more of these. Phil, Social Security misunderstandings. This is a twofer. I'm going to give you both at the same time. The misunderstanding or the rumor, the myth or whatever you want to call it, that starting it as early as possible is the best option for you and or its opposite counterpoint that waiting until the absolute last minute is the best strategy. What's your thoughts on either one of those? Again, it comes down to what is right for your scenario. I mean, there are two options you have to look at. Um, and there's no cookie cutter approach you can, you can use on everyone. There's, you know, i we run the analysis for social security and, and what the best strategy is for all our clients as we're building out a plan. And there's no right or wrong answer. We actually have clients, we've run the analysis and yeah, filing at 62 is the right answer. It just, it works better in their scenario. Same thing happens on the other end where there's a lot of people that make sense to wait. So you, you, there's no short answer to, to figuring out what the right solution is for you as it relates to social security. So that's what I'd encourage you to do as you're looking at it. You know, don't talk to your friends and neighbors and ask when they file because it really makes no difference. You know, their scenario is different than yours. What's right for you? You've got to run the numbers. Um, I always kid with my clients that unfortunately, when you get to retirement and start to put these pieces together, there's a lot of math you're going to have to run through 
or rely on somebody that understands it and run through it to give you that right answer. Gotcha. So, yep. And again, your plan is really going to dictate and in, 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 you know, what you have in place. And now there's some other factors. If you need to turn it on a 62, then and that's the best so for that situation. Then that's the thing. Well, but, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you, we always start with a need. I mean, if it's right. if you're retired either you know either purposefully or not at 62 or earlier, and you need right. the income, you need the income. Yeah. You know, but one of the the mistakes around 62 we often see is if you had a company pension that maybe was giving you a supplement because you retired before that, and then that supplement stops at 62, people think, well, I've got to file for Social Security. And the answer is, no, you don't. It's an option. Right. Maybe it's right. the right option. Maybe it's not. And yeah. taxes are a huge part of that decision. You know, so you can't just look at Social Security by itself either. You've got to look at it in light of everything in your scenario. Well, that's so. that's actually my, my fifth and final one. We'll get to that one in just one second. But before we do, uh, let me ask you this one more here. Another misunderstanding is that the folks at the Social Security Administration office can help you choose the best claiming strategy for yourself. Yeah, and that is that is a myth. Actually, if you look at the uh, Social Security handbook, they are not allowed to give right. advice. Yep. They cannot help you. It's like going to the IRS and asking them for tax advice. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to give you tax advice. That's not their job. They're yeah. there for enforcement. You know, Social Security is an enforcement. It's more they're there to, to administer it. Um, they will tell you what your benefit is at whatever age you want to know, and they'll input and, and implement a strategy that you've come up with as long as it's legitimate. Um, but they legally cannot run scenarios for you and give you the, the advice and say, this is the right strategy. This is the best option for you. Yeah. So that's where you've got to rely on a, a financial advisor, financial planner, or understand it enough to do it on your own to figure out what that right strategy is. Right, right. Yeah. And they don't know anything about you, even if they could, like even if they could give you some advice, they don't even know you, they don't know anything about you. And so it just isn't a good idea. But yeah, again, to your point, they're not allowed to do that. So don't go in there saying, well, can you help me with this, this or this? I mean, don't get frustrated because they didn't tell you the right option. Right. They're they're legally not allowed to do that. And I imagine it's a lot like being at the DMV too, right? They're just cranking through people. So they're probably not really interested in spending a whole lot of time trying to hold your hand. I'm sure they, you know, some people are, you know, will probably help you as best they can, but again, Absolutely. They're yeah. very helpful. Right. Or, I mean, it, yeah, you get all into the equation when you, you deal with anyone. Sure. Um, yeah. Social Security. I've heard a lot of horror stories or good stories on both sides. Right. But at the end of the day, you have to understand all they're doing is giving you the information based on the records that they have and, you know, and then inputting whatever strategy and, and options you want to as you're filing. Yeah. So. There you go. All right. So that's another uh, myth there. And then the final misunderstanding is the taxes, as you mentioned, on Social Security. A lot of people think that you don't have to pay taxes on those benefits, but you could. Yeah. And that's, uh, that is absolutely a myth. I mean, unfortunately, when it was first started again, back in 1935, uh, part of FDR's New Deal, um, it was in the original Social Security Act that it was not taxable. Which makes sense. It's, I mean, it's a tax. It's money that's been withheld from your check all these years and your employers paid in as well, that it wouldn't be taxable when it came back. But unfortunately, it didn't take long after his administration was out that they figured out how to tax it. And it, it's one of these very complicated tax uh, scenarios where you have to understand how this works because um, very often we see clients get into this situation where they're kind of on that bubble of taxation of Social Security. And as they earn more wages, take another dollar from their IRA, whatever it happens to be, it not only causes tax on that dollar, but a tax on Social Security. So you may be in a 12% or 22% bracket thinking that's what it's going to cost you. In reality, it costs you 30 or 40% in taxes 
when you look at the effect of the taxation on Social Security. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go, folks. Well, there are five Social Security misunderstandings here on the podcast this week. As always, if you have questions or concerns, reach out to Phil. Let him know. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist and a great resource for you. So always check with uh, someone like Phil before you take any action. And you can call Phil at 248 that's 248-888-7530. And if you'd like to submit an email question to have it read here on the podcast, you can go to afswealthmgt.com. That is afswealthmgt.com. And we don't have to ask it here on the show, but we're going to do that right now for a couple that did come in. And if you want to submit a question, feel free to do so. You can have it read on the show or you can not either way. And you can uh, just let Phil know that you do have some questions and he'll definitely get back with you and help you out. So Andy... If you're listening to this edition of the podcast, here is your question. And Andy, where was Andy at? He's in Farmington Hills. And he says, Phil, I'm selling one of my rental properties in the next month or two, and I don't have any plans to buy another one. So what's some things to do with the money from the sale? Um, really kind of depends, again, back to your plan. Of, you know, What are you trying to accomplish with that money? Is it, you know, were you counting on that income that it was generating? If so, maybe we've got to look at some type of an income generating asset to replace the rents that you're receiving. If it's more long-term for retirement, you know, look at that, set it aside and let it grow for more long-term. One piece that, that I didn't see you mention in your question is the tax side of it. So don't, if this has happened kind of intra year and you haven't filed your tax return yet for that year, you should probably talk to your CPA or, or tax advisor to find out how much of that proceeds you receive from the, the sale of the property, you actually get to keep after Uncle Sam takes his portion. So, yeah. um, But there's a lot of great opportunities around the tax side too and how to minimize it. So, And again, it comes back to really, where does this fit? How, do you, how are you using that rental property in your plan? Now that you're selling it, how do you want to position that money long-term as you, you start to look at retirement? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some, definitely some other questions to ask in there, but there's a couple of good thoughts for you. Check on the taxes, make sure you've covered that as Phil mentioned. And, uh, and then think about, is it, is it something that was generating you income? Do you need it to do the same? Or are you just looking to maybe do a lump sum investment, you know, so on and so forth. So a couple yep, things well, there for a lot you. of options, a lot of options. All right, Andy, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And Beth, we're going to do one more and Beth is in Plymouth and then we will wrap up. And Beth says, my parents bought a whole life insurance policy for my daughter when she was born and we've been paying for the policy ever since they passed away. Now she's about to graduate college. So my question is, should we keep paying for this policy or not? Because it is not very cheap. Yeah, it really depends. This was something I see very often as clients come in that they themselves or maybe on their kids, they've got these older whole life policies. So first of all, I would say life insurance is one of those vehicles. If you have it, you need to review it like any other investment, although it's not technically an investment, but yeah. it's something that needs to be reviewed on a regular basis, especially older policies, because the actuarial tables and the rules that applied to them are much different than what they are today. So very often the older policies internally are more expensive because when they were put in place, life expectancy was shorter. So it was more expensive as you aged. So you know, again, it comes back to where does it fit? One, one thing I would, I would make sure when you're looking at any life insurance, I never, ever recommend just arbitrarily canceling it until you understand the need. Is there a need for the benefit? And if there is, make sure that you not qualify for coverage because it may not be cheap. But if your daughter is in some scenario where she has some conditions where she might not qualify for uh, coverage today. You don't want to cancel this because she may not even qualify for new coverage. Yeah. So always when you're looking at life insurance, 
you know, don't cancel what you have until you understand right. exactly what you're trying to do with it. And if you're looking for new insurance, do you qualify medically? Yeah. Well, Phil, would the flip side of that be that it, you know, we hear a lot of times that, especially if she's younger like this, she's about to graduate college, if she is in good health and so on and so forth, you might be able to get maybe different or better coverage at a cheaper rate now because- in, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so, and that's what I'm saying. You, a lot of these older policies like that, it might, yeah. even if she needed the coverage and she's in good health, probably get it cheaper. Yeah. Just because of the actuarial tables. So there you go. All but again, right. it always all comes back to understanding it and, and making sure it's getting reviewed and, and looked at on a, a regular basis. So. All right, Beth. Well, there you go. Hopefully that helps. So reach out to Phil, give him a call, uh, share with him. And same thing with Andy as well and anybody else. If you want to dive a little deeper into a specific question that you have that obviously we can't just really address on the podcast since it goes out to so many people, give him a call at 248 888 7530. Bounce your questions off of Phil. 248 888-7530. If you're already a client, you know how to do that. If you're not, uh, you know, then certainly give him a call. Let him know you'd like to have a conversation with him. Subscribe to the podcast on Google or Apple or Spotify. Share it with others who may benefit. We'd certainly appreciate that as we try to grow our listenership and uh, let folks know about Filts, Tax Hacks, and other retirement facts. And again, you can find it at Google. You can find it on Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, several others out there as well, platforming choices for podcasting. And you can also find it at AFS Wealth mgt.com that's phil's website at afswealthmanagement.com it's just mgt for short there and of course phil and the team serve the metro detroit area from his office in farmington hills and phil my friend you have yourself a great week and i will talk to you soon you too mark all right folks take care of yourself this has been phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts we hope you have a great one and we will see you soon investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.